My name is Matt Brown. Justin Pugh, straight off the couch. And let's start the show. And the decisions that he made yesterday, a Pop Warner coach would know more football and would be a smarter football guy than this absolute buffoon idiot that has no business stepping foot again on the sidelines coaching his team. And that's him. everybody the world is a better place because you are here to join us my name is matt brown and i am the host of the productive conversations podcast what is today today is wednesday october 18th 2023 we have a very crucial and a very good productive conversation coming your way discussing week six in the nfl and before we do that i just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms. One Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prod Cobble Pod, Twitter next at Prod Cobble Pod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So what's the focus today? Week six, where mostly there was a lot of unders if you were a gambling person there. There's only two teams that actually scored above 30 points in the entire weekend, and that resulted in incredible defensive play by so many teams, like the Cleveland Browns, for instance, the Detroit Lions, the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, plenty other examples. And we also saw a great week where we saw a lot of things down to the wire. And... There was very competitive games, and it was a lot of fun to watch the entire weekend. So allow me and the crew, the productive NFL crew, to discuss week six in the National Football League. We have passed the quarter mark of the season. We have about two weeks until the NFL trade deadline, and we're going to check in with you and discuss each and every single game as we do every single week. So let's talk about week six in the NFL. Let's talk about the fact that two, the final two remaining undefeated teams went down this weekend in entertaining fashion, might I add. And we could also get into the division races about to unfold. We could talk about teams that are looking towards the NFL draft already. And we have about 12 games to get into, analyze each and every single one of them, and then we'll make picks for week seven in the National Football League. So good stuff today. Nico Nocera. And Bars the God are with me to discuss this past week in the NFL. So let's get to it. Bars and Nico, it's your guys' turn. Let's talk about week six in the NFL and make picks for week seven. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Week six of the NFL. Unders, 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 defensive matchups, and nothing but 12 stellar games throughout the entire league. So it's going to be a good week to discuss what's about to happen. We are just about at the quarter the quarter point of the season. So let's talk about week six and make and make picks for week seven. Today's crew will be Bars and Nico today. What's up, guys? How's it going? What's going on, man? What's going on? All right, happy to have you both. First time that the three of us will do this unique combo. And we're going to have a great show at it. So let's do it. All right. 
Now, this team always opens, and they give us another reason to open this week, where the New York Jets play the Dallas Cowboys in the in what was a very entertaining game at 425 on Sunday afternoon. So the final score is 20 to 14. And here's the big question I'm going to start with from what we saw. And okay, Zach Wilson and Jalen Hurts, who looked like he was in the headlights, a jet stellar defense who was dominating throughout. And ultimately, the 5-0 and Eagles got their first loss of the season. So my first question with this particular game, was it more of the Philadelphia Eagles giving the game to the Jets? You know, from questionable play calls, including that pass in the fourth quarter that led to a crucial turnover or was it more of the Jets defense stealing it from the Eagles? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Before, before getting into the question, there's one thing I do have to say real quick. First, I want to wish Hayden a happy birthday, but on top of that, Hayden and Alex both last week on the podcast called the Jets outright. So I want to give props, give credit where credit is due. Um, They both took the Jets outright um, in this game. But to answer your question, I think this was more of a Jets defense that is very good. This Jets defense is arguably the best defense in all football, in my opinion. Um, They're going to keep this team in games. They're going to make these games sloppy, and that's what you have to do when you have Zach Wilson at the helm. Um, You have to make a game like this, have to make a game ugly. If you're an Eagles fan, I wouldn't panic. You have a very tough stretch ahead of you, which is big. You need a stretch like this coming up um, to get battle-tested for the playoffs and get ready for that. But, um, yeah, that's off to the Jets. This is the games you have to play. You play these type of games, you're going to win some football games. So, like, I'd like to double down. It is a really great defense, top five. Um, I wouldn't say the best yet, but definitely give them top five. Um, from what I saw from that game, I want to kind of say, that you get glimpses throughout the entire game of what that of what they thought that team would be with Aaron Rodgers. And when you see those glimpses, you also see flashes of like, okay, I know what this team would be like if they had Aaron Rodgers. Like, so there's hope for Jets fans yet. Um this is like the first week we talk about Zach Wilson. I'm gonna be light on his ass. Uh but like he he actually managed a decent game. Um, he kept them in it when the Eagles kind of like like had the lead in the first half, but then he kind of like got them down the field, kept them in field goal range, didn't take any like crazy hits to like you know take them out of the chance of putting some points on the board. Um, I will say that the Jets' key players played. I will say that their offensive stars played. Um, Bryce Hall, Boston went to the ball. Um, everyone, uh, who was it? Uh, Garrett Wilson had a lot of good catches. Um, Zach Wilson actually looked for like a couple of his deep throws. He looked really good, comfortable throwing the ball. So I would say he, this, like this week was probably his best week throwing the ball. Um, Eagles fans, like you said, should be scared. Like they honestly kind of should be scared because it was something that we talked about last year and something that we talked about early in the beginning of like, doing the shows their secondary is kind of weak like and it's got a big problem over there so you saw the jets take advantage of that at some point um attrition kind of worked into the game there was a lot of mess ups on the eagles part uh quill williams held a player but yeah I, I, I thought the jets i thought the jets needed the like like needed a win 
and that was the win that they needed. So now it's like beating a team that was just the NFC champions, just was in the Super Bowl. I think they got a little. I think they got a little, a little bit of little little boost from that morale boost, being a, such a young team that they are. No, most definitely, and you definitely make a good point on how cringy and how much this must hurt that Aaron Rodgers isn't part of the team. And you know, let's account for their three losses so far, and which includes a loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers usually plays very well against them, and you saw a loss to the um, am I blanking already? We saw a loss to the Chiefs that really could have gone either way, and the defense was able to hold them accountable. And then the third loss went to get the bill. We went. I don't have it in front of me right now, but But regardless, the point is that the Jets clearly are quarterback away, and that's what makes this all um, more difficult. Now, Zach Wilson played fine. I won't say he's a changed man exactly. I won't say that he is the answer, but he, at least he shows that he could keep you in games. And as long as the defense does above average work, then maybe they can make some type of run in the playoffs until Rodgers return. And, you know, if we want to go in that route like a, a Trent Dilford and the 2000 Ravens, or they didn't make the, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but the Bears of Brian Urlacher defense and uh, Rex Grossman of all people was the quarterback, Brad Johnson and uh, Tampa with people like Rondé Barber there. I don't know if the Jets could get to that level. Honestly, maybe if the defense is that good. Well, ultimately, um, it's all about waiting on Aaron Rodgers. And all they could do now is just stay competitive in these games. And I'll ask this question that will probably be asked for the rest of the season. With Aaron Rodgers, and you saw him last this past week, return to the sidelines, which is a major morale boost for that team. We see him without crutches. We see him walking relatively well for somebody you know who had his Achilles fall off his bone a month ago and uh, he's making throws he is a clearly ahead of schedule I th- I know for a fact they're keeping it cautious but let me ask this for the first time in this season and it'll probably be through asked throughout do you actually see Aaron Rodgers playing in 2023 for the Jets is he okay. really going to do this miraculous feat with who knows what um, alternative uh, recovery medicine and uh, prove people wrong as he established and said on the Pat McAfee show a few weeks ago? Okay. So in that one, let me ask you this. How many games do the Jets need to win to at least have a play a uh, wild card? Like, Let's say least- to keep it safe nine. Right, say keep it nine. Let, let's say nine to keep it safe. The Jets win nine games. That's six more games. It's it's completely feasible for them to win six more games. Six more games. Let's say they even win one playoff game, and Aaron Rodgers comes back. It might be a little scary. Like it might be like we're talking about. We're talking about. We're talking about something different. Like that team would arrested Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. And medical science is ridiculous. Like we saw what happened. Achilles tears used to sit people down. Kobe came back, though a, a shadow of like a slight shadow of his former self. 
Kobe came back after an Achilles tear. Like, so we got to look at that. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, obviously, I know he's saying that his healing is going better than ever and everything like that. Um, if you're the Jets organization, this is where you have Rodgers. You have him after this year. Maybe you have him one good year, possibly, and that's it. You really have to sit there and look at, like, hey, is it worth it rushing us back this year for a game that we may just make the wild card? Or do you think, hey, we should sit down and be like, let's take the year off. We showed some life this season with Zach Wilson, our offense and our defense, and let's take this confidence and build it into the next year with Aaron Rodgers. That's the only thing I would wonder from the Jets. Um, I I just don't see this team without Aaron Rodgers for a full season winning. So I just think it would be more beneficial for him not to come back, not to rush back and do what Kobe and then to take the year off, take some time off, come back better than ever, and you never know. Um, but – she sneak into the wild card. It's going to be very tempting and very interesting to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to make himself do. Indeed, it's it is a very a very unique situation like that. And you know, the most recent football player to show an example was Cam Akers. He um, tore the Achilles in twenty one, twenty one, yeah, twenty one, and uh, in July, and played back in the Super Bowl. That was his first game back. Again, we don't know exactly what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Um, all we know is that he's ahead of schedule. He's a madman, but I'm always a big fan, and I hope he he pulls it off. And we will manage. We will definitely follow this situation throughout. And the Eagles should be fine, and we'll talk. I guess we'll talk about them when we talk about the picks in their game against Miami. So we'll go from there. The Cleveland Browns knocked off the other undefeated team this week. The San Francisco 49ers went in at 5-0 and and fell to the Browns without Deshaun Watson. P.J. Walker was the one that led him to victory. And what was the name of the game here? It was the Browns' defense. We talked about how the Jets are top defense. Um, holding the 49ers to just 17 points with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, who both got injured but seemed to be... Um, okay, they missed long-term injuries. But you all and Brandon Ayuk and uh, Brock Purdy and George Kill, you know the 49ers offense. And they only held them to 17 points. Now we have to talk about what is the Browns going to be doing here with a huge statement to the league defeating the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to go, Bars? Yeah, yeah, real quick. Now, I hate the Browns, right? But I I think Brock Purdy is not that guy either. I think he's a – I think, you know, they got hype with the Tom Brady hype, and he had a good season last year or whatever before he went down. That game, if you kind of watched it, showed you something. After Christian McCaffrey went down, no Debo Samuels, like it literally showed you Brock Purdy is he's okay. He's not as prolific as these guys are trying to make him out to seem like – he don't got his weapons. He not going to play. Yes, he was going up against, good, up, up against a good defense. But it's P.J. Walker going up against their good defense as well, too. You know, like, and I'm watching that game, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I commented in the group chat. I'm like, yeah, 49ers. Like, what is this? Like, Purdy ain't nothing. Like, I'm looking at it. Um, I don't really think I heard Miles Garrett's name called too much. I got to go back and look at the highlights and stuff. But overall, what is it, uh, Fuller? Yo, that defense was looking phenomenal, like, uh, yesterday against the 49ers. And it 
it exposed what I've always been, what I've been saying about Purdy. I know I did say that, you know, he was looking real good one day, but I'm going to have to go back to my old ways and double down and say, he's not the guy like, and I said, it. I think, I, I think I said it before when McCaffrey goes down, we'll see how good he is. They literally structured their entire offense around McCaffrey to the point where they almost could not even fucking operate after the guy went down. Um, yeah, Bars, I'm going to be honest. I completely disagree. Um, I, I think this has nothing about Purdy's legacy, nothing about him. These games happen. Browns are another team I think is similar to the uh, Jets where they're going to have to play sloppy football games, play great defensive games, and sneak out some wins. Um, I think the Browns coming into the year had the most underrated defense, and they've been proving that um, through the first six weeks of the season. Um, now what I will say is look at what the Jets did to Mahomes a couple weeks ago. Look what they just did to Jalen Hurts on Sunday. Brown's defense is in the same category, in my opinion, and they're doing this to Brock Purdy. I think it is nothing to panic about. The kid has been unbelievable in the regular season. Before he was hurt in the playoffs, he played great, played stellar. It's a game. It happens. Everyone's going to have a bad game. Cold It's like cold day. Everything's going to happen. It happens sometimes. Cold day in Cleveland. It, you know, nah. I think this team is completely fine. They have nothing to worry about. Um, George Kittle had one on. yard. What's that? George Kittle had one catch, one yard. It happens. The, the Browns have the game plan. It's it's a game that's going to happen in the year. You can't go sixteen and zero in this league. Seventeen and zero. It's nearly impossible. I, I just, you are correct, but you can't have a top three tight end and give him one yard. Like you're you're all of a sudden, all of a sudden your 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 main your workhorse goes down, and then all of a sudden your production goes down for the rest of the game too. You got to look at it. Every game can't be eight receptions for 100 yards either. That was the, the point with that secondary, that they held him down. I think Brock Purdy is showing that he, even though despite his first regular season loss, I think he's showing that, um, and as the weeks go by, it, the debate is, is Brock Purdy just a system quarterback or is this really his skill set? And at least it, we the- at least can show that, he knows how to stay calm. Yes, he has more uh, options than maybe some other quarterbacks, but he is um, stepping up on each game. And, you know, if he doesn't get hurt on Hassan Riddick, uh, after Hassan Riddick hits his elbow out of his socket in the NFC Championship, who knows what it could have been. That's a good point. But, we, yeah, you're right. Who knows? Yes, exactly. Only time will tell on that one. But, uh we know it's going to be interesting to see and Browns also just have to figure out how to get the um, Browns have to figure out uh, Deshaun Watson already missing two game two starts this season and how far can they go with him and uh, clearly at least PJ Walker was the better um, person to pick this week against uh, Dorian Thompson so and another team that just keeps rolling along and again um even though despite losing even though despite losing their number one running back, they still score forty two points despite being down by fourteen against the Carolina Panthers um to start the game. Carolina is now Carolina falls to the Miami Dolphins by score twenty one of forty two. And despite a very rough start, um the, the Dolphins didn't turn look back with a combination of Tyreek Hill um, still doing Tyreek things. Maybe he got nervous for a second when he had a cramp, but he just came back and uh, kept scoring and just being himself. And Raheem Mostert, you know, 
goes in, you know, despite the committee now adding Ahmed instead of um, Achan. This is a hard name to say. It's Achan. Um, with Achan being out for multiple weeks, it looks like Ahmed comes in and the running back by committee doesn't look like it changed whatsoever. So the Miami Dolphins deep offense is just still rolling along and um, – we could sit, I mean, we must could. Uh, this is going to be an interesting challenge against the Eagles, but if the Eagle, but we will get into it again with the picks. But how about just the Dolphins continuing to just not lose a beat after losing their number one back? Yeah, no, absolutely. They're playing phenomenal. Um, arguably the best offense in all football. Um, definitely at the moment. Um, speed kills, speed kills in any sport, speed especially kills in football. Um, this team's quick. It's hard to keep up with them. Their offense is great. McDaniels knows exactly what he's doing calling these plays. Um, he gets his playmakers in space, and he can't run with these guys. Um, the only thing I will say that concerns me is you went down 14 nothing to the worst team in the NFL, arguably. Um, if you go down 14 and nothing come this Sunday or come in a future game versus a better team, it's not going to be the same result. You can't have these tough, slow starts early. Um, it's fine against the Carolinas. It's not fine against Philadelphia and teams of that nature. Um, but, hey, I'm very excited for that game Sunday. I know we'll get into it later. But Dolphins, this offense is legit. Tyreek Hill is going to do what he said. He's going to get 2,000 yards. I think he's like 120 something shy from 1,000. We're in week six. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, he said he's going to retire after this contract. And, I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, at that point. So, uh, mm-hmm. enjoy Tyreek Hill while you can. Or he becomes an, an adult film star. Yeah, he want. He says he's gonna have more than that too. He's gonna do that. He's gonna be like a podcast. He wants to do everything. He wants to be a big content guy. But uh, hey, Kyrie kills legit. Jalen Waddle's legit. Content. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but this whole team from running back, receiver, quarterback, it's just speed. Tua obviously not the quickest, but Tua gets the ball. When I mean speed with Tua, he gets it out so quick. He takes a two-second drop back, and the ball's out, if that. Yeah. Um, gets the ball in the hands of his playmakers, speed kills. Um, Very excited to see this team versus a very good Philadelphia team. And also, Mike McDaniel, guys. People really d- underestimate this coach still, I think. And I really think it's because he looks like a big dork. But for lack of a better word, looks like he works in IT. But this man seems like an offensive play calling genius. Remember, he was an offensive coordinator for the 49ers who were leading in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. And his offense didn't lose that game for them. I mean, this guy, I think he's going to be really special. And he, I know he had he had some criticism last year, but a lot of it could go back to the Tua injuries early on. The man made to the playoffs with Skylar Thompson and almost beat Buffalo in Buffalo. I don't know what else this guy has to do to uh, be taken seriously as a coach. And I get it. Those press conferences don't help at all with the most cringy dad jokes I've ever heard. But, man, put some respect on Mike McDaniel's name. Am I right? I agree. Actually. I agree. Um, he's a great coach. And like drop a seventy bomb, like you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, right. you gotta, you gotta give him credit for that. If anything is going anywhere, um, and I think you're 100 percent correct. Speed kills. This is a fast fucking team. Um, I disagree though with the if they trail. Like I feel like this offense shows that they can like if they have a slow start, they can warm up. And the defense isn't the greatest defense, but it can keep them in the game. 
like at least long enough for their offense to warm up. But aside from that, like pretty much I agree with the rest of your take. All right. And then like it's the Panthers are rebuilding, not much really to go there, but I just saw um, bright. Uh, I guess it's just a matter of if they're going to be sellers or not. And I think Adam Thielen has to get traded somewhere. The man is a uh, revitalizing his career, it seems. And that, that guy has to be on a contender. Absolutely. Like it's Absolutely. like whether it's the Chiefs or um, I don't know who can use weapons off the top of my head. If uh, the Ravens want to, because Odell doesn't seem to be that guy again. They need. Um, I love the Lions to go after him and get like uh, him as the number two behind uh, Mara. I think it would be yeah. a dirty combo. That yeah. would be crazy, actually. I, I think you get so, him back, get him back in the in the division, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think they look at I think they look at uh, old receivers and they think like, you know, they're probably not that slow. But I feel like like those older receivers, like they 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 increase their playability with like enhancing their skills. Like Adam Thielen's release off the ball and his route running is ridiculous. Like and I feel like he's just gotten better with age. Like That's all that's all that matters one day. Age is just a number, right? And continuing on, the Thursday night ball football game included the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos, where the Broncos are now on the brink of disaster at one and five. The Chiefs were good, but they don't seem like a dominant team. And as I mentioned, they clearly need to have more options next to unreliable Kadarius Tony, a sky more that doesn't seem to be used at all. And um you know, good win for the Chiefs, and you know, good if you pick the under. But um, I don't know what's more. It seems more fast at the Broncos. Let's talk. Let me ask the big question: Are the Broncos on the brink of disaster at one and five? Absolutely. Uh, one thing I do want to say before we get into it: I was all over the under in this game. Under in this game, I mentioned on the podcast last week. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those games where you felt like it was going to be sloppy. Um, but I just want to say one thing. This was one of the worst football games we wa- I watched this season. Yep. I watched the Giants in primetime four different times, and this was still one of the worst games I watched. Mm-hmm. It, it has been absolutely – it was a tough watch on Thursday. Um, Kansas City, man, I, this team has not looked like anything what we saw in the past three years. I don't know if it's a health issue or a chemistry issue, but, like, I know they eventually always figure it out, but – I'm I'm nervous if I'm a Kansas City fan. Like I said before, I'm not nervous if I'm a Philly fan. I'm not nervous if I'm a San Fran fan. If I'm a Kansas City, I'm sweating a little bit. This team has struggled almost every single week, and they haven't really sold any shines of life that, like, hey, we're the defending super champions. Obviously, you're still legit with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. You'll always be legit, but this offense right now, man, nothing. Nothing I'm seeing is exciting me. Maybe Eric Bieniemy was really <laughs> crucial to that offense. After all, he's on the Commanders, and they've been scoring point with the exception of the offensive line trying to kill Sam Howell, like the Giants, like the Giants, um, and Daniel Jones. Maybe it's all about Eric Bieniemy. Maybe Matt Nagy isn't uh, making them look that confident. Plus, a lack of uh, major weapons is major, even for the great Patrick Mahomes, if you will. I agree. Personnel, personnel is a big. Uh, seems to be their issue over there in Kansas City. Um, none of those guys that kind of were really there for a while, like really like Hardman, like 
Tyreek Hill wasn't evident last year, but this year you can see like not having to like not having Tyreek Hill, how that like affects them. Um, Travis Kelsey and him are always going to hook up, but I think like everyone knows that. And like the only sign of life is pretty much Isaiah Pacheco. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is just like a roster name now. Like I don't even know why he's still on the team, to be honest. And like, yeah, I'd be sweating if I was a Kansas City fan. Like they just got lucky that Russell Wilson played horribly. And like, I don't know. I think Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes goes different this year. I think like any real good team going up against Kansas City is going to make them kind of like really fucking sweat. Like their their defense isn't top notch and it's not going to hold out for them against good ass teams. Their offense is just really underwhelming. Just completely underwhelming. So I don't I don't I don't see the I don't see the the Kansas City Chiefs and not even the AFC championship talk this year. Yeah, I mean I, I going back on that, I, I think I, I think they could figure it out and we'll get there. The one thing in this game that I forgot to mention that really was unbelievable is Kansas City's red zone offense, awful. Couldn't punch the ball. You were getting down there, you're getting yards, but you couldn't punch it in. What happened to the Andy Reid? We know who's doing all these crazy trick plays in the red zone, running circles around the backfield. Where is that right now? He, like, you got down there. You just shout out to Harrison Bucker, though. Balled out, 60-yard field goal as well. Had a hell of a game. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a mystery, ain't it? I it's, I guess it's just trying to figure out with the talent you have what you're doing, a somewhat not as difficult schedule to start the season. Only the Jets game comes to mind that was really a problem, and that could have gone either way. But I think uh, Eric Bieniemy is clearly very much missed in that uh, locker room. I said they trade Kadarius Tony and like someone else actually go for someone like an Adam Thielen. You know what I'm saying? Actually go for someone who's going to add some explosiveness to their offense, and they could turn this around. Um, yeah. I have Jake the annoying the Jake the annoying Chiefs fan I always talk about where he doesn't want Thielen. I don't know what he again. He suggested Brandon Ayuk as if San Francisco will give their number one receiver like that. Yeah, great, great thinking, idiot. And um I tell him this by the way in person too. I don't just sit talk right there. And uh yeah, he just um clearly I think the Chiefs would be much in a much better position. If they really had better skill on the at the wide receiver position, and uh, ultimately we'll see what happens there. Yes. Monday Night Football: The Dallas Cowboys just sneak a victory against the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, it doesn't seem like Herbert can win in the big game. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, he like, doesn't seem that clutch. Uh, like, I did not feel confident at all that Justin Herbert was going to go down the field against a pretty good, even though beat up Dallas Cowboys defense. And uh, the, definitely the Cowboys tried to keep it close for them, but they weren't able to seal the deal ultimately. 
I, I, I like Herbert. I, I, I think this is just a game that you're playing against another great defense. Got a lot. Michael Parsons is a freak in his face multiple times. Um, It's going to happen. And that middle finger on his non-throwing hand was really bothering him. You can tell last night. Mm-hmm. Every single snap he took, um, you know, under center was uncomfortable. He was in a shotgun most of the night. But you can just tell how much pain he was. And I was running different to avoid that. So I do think that played a big factor. Um. The reason why I disagree, like either two years ago, I remember that drive against the Raiders. Um, with the make it was the make the playoffs when they could have ended in a tie. Um, that was the only time besides the last year, obviously the choke choke job the Jacksonville. But before we get into that, um, I think Herbert really showed that he can ball out with the best of them. Um, last year in Jacksonville, obviously the choke job by the whole team, I think was more of a Staley issue than anything. Um, but no, I don't think anything has any anyone has anything to worry about Herbert. Um. It was a tough Dallas football game. You were right in there. You can battle with the best of them. Um, the only thing that sucks for the Chargers is, like, you just don't have a home field. You can't even call that a home game last night. There's more Cowboys fans there than there is Chargers, and that's ultimately going to play a factor for you as well. But um, I, I think this team could make a run. This team was um, my prediction before the season to win the AFC Championship, and I still think they will get there. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna disagree. Like, I agree with you. I'm a, I'm a, as far as being a Herbert fan, cause I am a good Herbert fan. Like, I'm a big Herbert fan. Like he's got a strong arm. Like, I feel like we got to stop giving him like so much leeway sometimes. Like we really got to call him out. We really got to start calling him out. Like, yeah, he wins some games and some of them are big, but it's like, you should be like, Josh Allen and like you should be don't like Herbert's talent. He should be dropping 70, like at least one of his games, like blowing a team out. You know what I'm saying? Like the talent around him, that defense is pretty much keeping them in a lot of those games. Like without like JC, like JC Jackson, like he down, but or gone well, fucking the rest of them, Asante Samuel Jr., like Khalil, like Khalil Mack, they're keeping that, they're keeping these guys in games. And then, like, he's le- he's uh, like, I don't know, three and out sometimes on like, like shitty situations, like letting teams stay alive to a point where they're like fighting for it. Like, they shouldn't have been fighting in, 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 in Vegas. They were up. If you can like go back to that, that was basically a choke as well. Like, they were up. There shouldn't have been a fight against Derek Carr. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I disagree. I disagree. Like, we'll see. Well, I mean, Dak is still not the guy, in my opinion. Dak is still ain't the guy either. But that defense over there is great for the Cowboys, and it was a hard game. But we can't keep giving him passes on. We can't keep giving Herbert passes on hard games because that's what's going to happen later on in the playoffs, right? Each game is just going to get harder and harder. So what's going to happen when we get to the big game? So we're going to be like, oh well, yeah, you know, like he was just a tough team. What? You got to overcome that. I just think he's still he's still so young in his career. Um, this year we obviously are going to have to see something, and I think we will. I think this is a big game to get them battle tested. I I just don't wouldn't sell my ship on Herbert, and I, I don't think anyone needs to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's proven it. Um, I have Dak as well as another quarterback. I think is very underrated. If Dak can control football games, not turn the ball over like he did last night, that team and that defense will beat any team. Chargers are one of the top teams in the whole league, in my opinion, um, along with the Cowboys. So I think if Dak does what he did last night, that team will win a lot of games going forward. 
Yeah, I I don't know. The, the only I I do think that Herbert has room to grow, and maybe even if a a more what's the word I'm looking for? Not as neurotic head coach um, was leading the charge, and then if uh, Mike if uh, Mike Williams could stop getting injured, and uh, that could help too, but. You know that came with that team definitely was fault was uh, pushing hard, especially at that pregame fight. Austin Eckler getting punched in the face definitely should have post uh, should have posted first time any times first time touchdown score for that one. And uh, Keenan Allen just went in as long as they have those and and maybe again maybe the Chargers can get uh, Adam Thielen can go to the there and they could be very much improved. And for Dak. There are definitely days where I feel Dak is the top five quarterback, and there's others where I'm like, oh, what's going on? This game he played was fine, you know, preventing the take the takeaways. But um, again, I do think Dallas is better. I think this would have been a very bad loss for their season if they um, did not get this. And I talked about last week how the teams they've beaten were teams that weren't as intimidating. But being a Charger team that can definitely very much make it to the playoffs is a huge step for them. And uh, they'll take that momentum moving forward. So the Bengals and the Seahawks played each other. And it was quite a a gritty game, my friends. And goes down to the wire. And the Seahawks had plenty of time in the red zone. There's a good three or four situations where they were in the red zone to score. And they either didn't score or they... um, they didn't score at all. They had to settle for a field goal, and that was the big crucial part of this game. Is the Bengals is the Bengals red zone defense, especially holding the Seahawks down, um, giving Geno a hard time, and the Bengals get much momentum they needed back. While the Seahawks are definitely a team that seemed to be what's the word I'm looking for. In the middle down the road, they clearly need to get some wins. But what did you get out of this game? And I think this will be a very important win for the Bengals moving forward. Okay, I feel like it gives the Bengals momentum because they didn't start off like you know the greatest in the beginning of the season, and it gives them momentum. Uh, what is this? Their second win in a row? Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, a little bit more, a little bit more morale. It's, I feel like it's a really good locker room win. Um, all in all, like Joe Burrow had a decent game. Eh, they uh, like it was just a good win for them. Um, bad loss for the Seahawks. Uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they could have done better. To be honest, well, play better in the red zone. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Play better in the red zone. They um, dominated that game in every aspect. I, I just Seattle was the best team on um, that day. Um, Gino was making Joe Burrow look outshined. Like it was just Gino cast a bait shadow. Like you look at the numbers, Gino was, was looking a, good, but he had those two interceptions, and that made the Bengals defense look really, really well. So. Yeah, no, and he, I mean, in this league, you just got to punch it in. You can't keep kicking field goals and expect to be good teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, it's just – it was sad to see. Um, I thought Seattle played very well, very well offensively, very physical. Um, love watching DK throw throw bodies at guy. Like, he, he just is so yeah. physical. Just, you could tell he's just out there. But, uh, 
yeah, Cincinnati, big win for them. Big win to sneak away. Um, still that offense. I know we saw some life against Arizona um, with this team, but we this offense, it's getting there. It, it's getting back to Cincinnati, but the one thing I'll say about that team, they know how to turn it on at the right time. Um, and yet it's another team, obviously, we're going to see late in the year and uh, see what they can do. But um, Seattle can't lose this game. After playing the way it did, it's inexcusable to lose this game. You got to punch the ball and can't keep going to the red zone, not getting there. It's an overall awful, 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 awful job. Um, and I can't even say it was coaching. Like, I, I there was nothing. I just every time they got down to the red zone, like there's a penalty. It was third. Yeah. It was like third and two, third and short. You get a ten yard hold. You put your team in third and twelve. You're not going to be able to get a first down. You're going to have to settle for a field goal. Um, we'll see. Um, I think Seattle's a team that is. I think they're very overrated, and um, I, I think we got a little taste of that this week. So, like, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a agree with you, but I feel like, I feel like I'm not gonna go completely in the overrated like like part of it yet. I'm gonna feel like they have some chance to turn around. I feel like by the middle of the season, they're gonna be looking like okay, they're gonna be looking much better in the red zone. They're gonna turn that around. It's still early on. They're, they're um, you know, trying to get some things to click. Um, but I really want to look at like the Bengals really quick, man. I feel like I feel like their schedule is gonna be really fucking hard like, coming up. Like, and we'll get we'll get to talking about that when we get to the like we'll not like we'll get to talking about their next game when we get to the picks. But like their schedule's pretty hard. Like, hey, this is a good morale win for them. So it's gonna it's gonna give them a good boost going into the next one. If they can win that next one, then we're talking about maybe the Bengals that we saw go to like a Super Bowl. But I still think like they're gonna be middle of the pack this year. But yeah, it was a very it was a very it was a very like unacceptable loss for the for the for the uh, for the Seahawks for me too. I was watching them play and I'm like, damn, like you you gotta score that. Like where where was Metcalf? There was one, I think there was one whole red zone play. He wasn't even on the field. And it's not it's had like, a good season so far. You know start. what I'm saying? Like uh, and you know to back to your schedule just quickly. You know, they're off this week, so you return to a game against the 49ers on primetime. That should be an easy game, right? Um, <laughs> then we have we have the Bills, a Texans that is not a team that's going to be an easy win. We have the Ravens with a crucial division game. The Ravens are uh, putting it mm-hmm. on. The Steelers, Jaguars, Colts, yeah, uh, Bars. It seems that it's not until mid-December where they play a team that – um, is under 500. So, I mean, the Colts seem to be the next yeah. uh, relatively easier game, but uh, Bengals really need to step up. But if they can go in, out of this stretch at least four and two in the next six games, then uh, you got something there. And if they get over, if they get a little, if, let's say the Texans lose their, their game before going into the game with the Bengals and they get a little cocky on it, the Texans might sneak around on them. That's going to be a little tough game. C.J. Stroud is showing it. And that defense is actually really good, man. Like, Texans have a legitimate future ahead. Yo, they're coming They're coming strong. They're coming strong. And for speaking of the Colts, they lose 20-37 to 37 on the road against Jacksonville. Looks like Gardner Minshew is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. But uh, the 
Jaguars, who won their ninth straight game at home, keeps eating teams up, getting the points, whether on the ground with ETN or Trevor Lawrence, despite uh, getting a, a quickly a nerve-wracking knee injury, but he looks like he's going to be okay. But are the Jaguars starting to improve mightily at the right place at the right time. And my question, but about between these two teams, if you're the closer Gardner Minshew, can you still make a run with him? I think definitely yes. Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. He could start, he could start in this league. Seems to have a good rapport. Jonathan Taylor's back. Um, Michael Pittman, if used correctly, can be a top receiver in this league. Absolutely. They have a pretty good offensive line led by, led by future Hall of Fame Quinn Nelson. I think um, I think Gardner Minshew is going to, uh, as long as the uh, defense, may, they may have some issues there, some questions, they could at least stay competent for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I hats off to Jacksonville. I really do think Jacksonville is just proving their eliteness um, in this game. But I think the Colts are definitely a team that can sneak into a wild card. They're a team that can win these dogfight games. They're a team that if they just pound the football, can win games. Minshew has experience, so if Minshew just doesn't turn the ball over, does what he has to do, and it's consistent, um, I think this team can definitely win games. Um, but I do want to go Jacksonville, man. This team's good. ETN, the line's blocking. Trevor Lawrence looks amazing. Um, I know we did get hurt late in the game. Um, I don't know what his status is um, upcoming, but I didn't know something happened. But, yeah, this team's just getting better and better week in and week out. Um, Christian Kirk was really involved. They just have so many guys, like Evan Ingram, really. They're just getting everybody involved, doing what they have to do. Um, yeah, this is a team that I would not want to see come playoff time. But, um to answer your question, like I said, I do think the Colts could definitely use Pittman, right? Pittman um, was very underrated, in my opinion, going into the season. And for like a lot of people, like not from just the fantasy aspect, but from a, as a player aspect, I thought Pittman was one of the most underrated wide receivers and they get the credit he deserved. Um, and Manchu seems to like him. And I think that they're going to have a build connection and the Colts could sneak in into a spot later on. So, um, I mean, I don't know, man. I I don't know why I was so big on Gardner Minshew. Like the man threw three interceptions. He did. He did. Like I don't. Know, I guess I don't. I don't know. Hey, I'm man, just Gardner Minshew could be pretty accurate. Um, a couple. Yeah. Of, he's he was able to ironically be a very good quarterback in Jacksonville when needed. Yes. And I think he's just a solid backup in this league that you need someone to step up. Like a Case Keenum and Nick Folk. Um, well, stuff there. Well, I feel like, you know, Gardner got to show me a little bit more um, because I feel like in those games, like where it's like, yeah, like he's looking like he's going to get them to win. He'll throw a big ass pick like at the worst time, like the, the momentum swing. Like this is their chance to like start dragging momentum. Gardner will throw a pick. Um I like the I like the Jaguars. If I'm correct, I call them to be the AFC champions this year, um, or in the AFC championship. I I think that's what my pick was. Like sneaky little sneaky devils. They're they're punching the ball in, like you said. No receiver had no receiver had over 50 yards. Like Christian Kirk only had 49 yards. 
but he had a touchdown. Um, Strange had a touchdown. He got in there. He had some big catches. Evan Ingram, like I keep, like I think we keep talking about it every once in a while, but he fits in this Jacksonville system better than he fits in that New York system. No offense, Matt. Um, but like Calvin Ridley, he him being back, you know, he looks really good. Like he was, he people forget he was a good receiver, like period. But like Calvin Ridley looks really good. Etn explosive ass player you can't hear him saying like they're looking really really good honestly they kicked a lot of they they kicked a lot of field goals uh that is a little that is a little worrying because that lead that lead looks a little bit more blown out than it really is because if you kind of really look at it lawrence only had like two touchdowns etn had two himself but he ran for like 55 yards so, I mean, they they got the job done. So I can't really be mad. They literally got the job done. But like when they come up against tougher teams, like your Cowboys, your Forty Niners, they're gonna have to do a little bit more than that. All right, let's keep it going. Ravens and the Titans played the most boring game of the week out in London, <laughs> but ultimately leads to the Ravens getting a victory over the Titans. A solid 24-16 victory. What do we have to say about this game and these two teams right now? Yeah, uh, I think the Titans are in big, big trouble with Malik Willis um, coming in late in that game. I'm not sure what Tannehill's status currently is, but uh, – you're not going to win games with Malik Willis um, at, at your quarterback he, point. I don't, he's not good. He's not good. He's not good. Yeah, not at all. And Derrick Henry, man, um, got his yards in this game, had a couple of massive plays. Um, Touchdown. Really, was really upset um, from a betting perspective. The Titans couldn't punch it in at the end there um, to cover this game, get him five and a half. Um, they had to settle for the field goal to make it a one-possession game. But, yeah, I think the Tennessee Titans – are in big trouble. Um, I still don't think this game was worse than the Thursday night game. Uh, definitely a tough two back-to-back games from the NFL to show the Broncos on Thursday and this game on Sunday morning. But uh, Baltimore, they're a team that wins these type of games. I feel like Baltimore's always in a game, and they're really not blowing teams out at the moment. Um, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, good win by the Ravens, and um, – Coming back, we'll see what it looks like when he comes back to the States. Mm-hmm, right. Um, Derrick Henry should get traded too. But first, let uh, Bars continue his point. Yeah, definitely get that. I'm going uh, I'm to I'm gonna agree with you real quick because you just touched in there. Definitely get Henry out of there. I don't want him to waste his career over there. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, did we talk about him being one of those like, like, like off-season pickups that like did nothing? Throw him on that list too, like, like you know what I'm saying. I thought he was gonna be a lot, uh, a lot more like explosive over there. I thought he was gonna be a big piece. Thought he was gonna contribute more to their offense. Not really at all. Um, the Ravens, the, Lamar Jackson was Lamar Jackson. You know what I'm saying? And the Ravens were the Ravens. Like, I don't know. It was boring. Very underwhelming. Like, I don't really got much to say about that game. To be honest, get Henry out of there. Like I would be very worried for the the Titans as a franchise. <laughs> like I don't know. Like that shit. That shit's not looking good over there. Malik Willis. I don't know. That was a bad pickup. Yeah. Well, for teams like the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, teams that could really use a solid running back, 
And why not have this future Hall of Famer who this year particularly has shown that he's still got plenty left in the tank at um, at his older age for a running back? I feel, as you mentioned, the Titans really need to start rebuilding. They have a coach who deserves to be part of that rebuild. Assuming the front office doesn't want to do a complete overhaul, Mike Vrabel has done nothing but win with a very inept off team a team that somehow, if you remember two years ago, was a number one seed. Absolutely. And as we mentioned, what could potentially be the, an amazing quarterback class of 2024, one of those players could step in and uh, start a new legitimate reign in Tennessee. And um, having said that, too, Give Derrick Henry his uh, flowers and send him to a contender. And whether that is, th- those are the two teams that come to mind, I think would make the most sense, the Bills and the Chiefs, and maybe even the Bills, it makes a little more sense. They have never had an established running game whatsoever during the season. Or if you want to put a running, during this, during this Josh Allen, Sean McDermott era, Never had an established running back. I guess James Cook is playing a little bit better, but you can put him in there for running back by committee. Or again, if you want to put the Chiefs with Pacheco and uh, McKinnon as a running back by committee, I think Derrick Henry can be a valuable asset coming into the trade deadline, which, by the way, is two weeks from today. Keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, I I like what you said. I think this team, um, if they continue the year that they're having, they get a quarterback. They straight up get Caleb Williams um, that everyone wants. I think that's somebody that can come to this team and really take this team by storm. I think they have a really good team. Um, Derrick Henry, a very underrated defense. Um, and, and I think this team um, is just a quarterback away. Ryan Tannehill is not it. And I used to love Tannehill. He used to be a big Tannehill guy. But he's at that point in his career where it's like it's time to move on. I have a lot to say about Caleb Williams tomorrow with a disgusting loss to Notre Dame. And then the story that came out that he allegedly wants part ownership of the team that drafts him. Like, who the hell do you think you are saying that? It's unbelievable. I I, I, I do think, though, I, we'll get into it tomorrow. I get excited with that. Yeah, I do think we will save that for that. The next Patrick Mahomes. What? Okay. <laughs> All right. Keep that energy up for tomorrow. But for focusing on here, um, yeah, there's there's um very unique situation. Tennessee Bleeds have a new stadium. A new stadium is being built right now. So uh, you get ready for that with a good brand new era. And um too bad we're missing Mr. Renelli on this, but the focus will be on the losers in this matchup. The Raiders hold off the Pats despite losing Jimmy G to a back injury. And oh man, those are not good. But at least um but at least we had Brian Hoyer come in and hold it down and a solid victory. Jacoby Myers uh, sticking it to his old team, uh, letting him go. And now he's turning into one of the best receivers in the whole league. So having said that, the Patriots, hear my words, everybody. After six weeks, the New England Patriots are one in five. Now, it wasn't as embarrassing and devastating as the past two weeks losing to the Cowboys and the Saints by over 30 points in each game. So we kept it close. But again, Mac Jones just is not it. Keep him going. I mean, I love it when Boston sports fans get a lot of bullshit thrown their way. But uh, the Patriots talk about a team that really needs to restart. 
like oh my god i mean we keep beating a dead horse week by week but wow what what else is there to add to the uh to the past debacle that we haven't done already we already did two straight weeks of clips against them we did. but um they're they're only uh they're not even adding to it like what yeah. a mess yeah, the, this team just flat out stinks. Um, top to bottom, this team is just terrible. Um, I don't it's think simple it as that sometimes in your analysis. That's it. It's just there's nothing else to say besides this team is a bad, bad football team. Um, don't think it really has anything to do with coaching. Don't think it has anything to do with necessarily Mac Jones. I just think it's everything as a whole. It's Mac Jones, who's not a great quarterback and young quarterback mixed with bad receivers with bad offensive line with a not so great defense, which it's not terrible. Their defense is like, it's okay it, for sometimes um, in this game. It was all right, but uh, yeah. And um, I was very happy to see Vegas go with Brian Hoyer uh, when um, Garoppolo went down as two weeks ago, that he went with the young kid, but uh, yeah, Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Yeah, and I think that was the wrong decision then, and I think they made the right decision yesterday. He came in or Sunday. He came in, didn't have to turn the ball over, was consistent, did what he have to did what he had to do. Said Josh Jacobs won the football game. Um definitely think Jimmy G, do you know what the status is on him? So I do believe he is questionable going into this next week, but back injuries are underratedly the worst injury a player can have i think in any sport they're just never the same if you truly hurt your back like look at larry bird dom mattingly for example so the status is unclear he's questionable for week seven but man i really hope it works out for him because um it could be bad now josh mcdaniels did say on monday that they at least dodged a bullet regarding any big eternal injuries at least no uh you know broken discs or a lat being or you know lats or middle back being dislocated there so maybe it's just a spasm thing but um um he's at least questionable for now in the injury report yep but i yeah, do think he'd be a better option if they could start him but um I, I don't know who do they play this week and uh if you don't mind me checking right now so the las vegas raiders are going to play the bears so maybe this is a good week to take the take the week off honestly yeah on the road too so we'll see what happens there so bars do you have anything to say about the patriots haven't heard haven't heard your take from them um since you were gone last week, but they just keep losing. Fuck the Patriots. Man, fuck the Patriots. I hope they keep losing too. Like I'm I like I agree with you. I hope Boston sports fans keep getting what they deserve because they deserve L's and they they should take as many L's as they can get. And this is a nice one. Mac Jones was never it, dude. I don't even know how he made the top 100 that year. Listen, uh, uh, the Raiders, the Raiders, they just, I don't know. They're actually a solid team. I can see them, like, doing something. So that's pretty much my take. Just fuck Boston. Let's go. Good win for the Raiders. See, I I, I disagree. The only thing, I don't know if it's a Connecticut thing. I I don't know what it is, but... (laughs) I'm by no means a Boston guy, but 
I love greatness. And that city was just greatness over the past 15 years. So I don't have anything bad to say about the organization. I just think it's time to rebuild and your team flat out stinks. I just lived in Boston. I know I lived in Massachusetts for a really long time. So I hate Boston sports, man, because they just think that their teams are just the greatest teams ever. Like, I just think, yo, you want to talk about fucking fanatics, Boston sports fans. Like, it's like, that's why LeBron hates going to Celtics, like, going to Boston. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just like the worst people ever. Like, I don't like Boston fans. I grew up with Boston fans. So like I said, we're me and Bars are from so we're in southwest Connecticut. So that is technically a, a um depending how you look at the map, it is part of the tri-state area. It is a it is an outer suburb of New York City while also being physically in the state of Connecticut. I say once you pass um New Haven, it's all Patriot country there, mostly Patriot okay. country in okay. Boston. So when you have the mix of uh, like a school with both those fans and they just keep winning and a lot of them are pretty annoying, obnoxious fanatics, it uh, gets to you that you will never uh, let go of that animosity ever. So um, I will. And once Tom Brady left, a lot of those Patriot fans were gone. So we know where they lie. So a lot of them, yeah, good amount of them, uh, being Wagner. Now I can respect when Boston sports, all they had was the Celtics. They the Patriots used to yeah. be a joke franchise until Brady and Bill came in. So I'll at least respect that. But you know, people who just joined the bandwagon or the people I know in Jersey who are Patriot fans for Tom Brady, yeah, get the fuck out of here with that. So um, this is great. All I can say is uh, the Celtics just worried about them playing well this year, and hopefully they uh, don't. So we have a whole season to make fun of them when they yeah, blow it. Real talk. There. Yeah. The Houston Texans defeated the New Orleans Saints by a score of 20 to 13, where CJ Stroud's uh, stellar game gamesmanship, high football IQ, as Bars mentioned, an underrated Texans defense that shut down Derek Carr and the Saints. Pretty important win for the Texans, and they could really make a run for this division now. I really believe. Or at least they could put themselves in the mix, I should say. So my question regarding this. For the NFC South, New Orleans Saints. And Derek Carr, who's had injury issues this season, did not play well um, in this game. Do you think that Derek Carr... Or I should say, let me switch this. Do you think the Saints can ultimately win with Derek Carr right now, accounting for the injuries that have happened and also some underwhelming performances? I do. Um, I, th- I think they definitely come with Derek Carr. I think they got playmakers on this offense um, that Derek Carr just needs to get the ball. Camaro was very involved. You got to keep giving Camaro the ball. Um, you got Olave, Michael Thomas. Just got to keep getting these guys the ball and you win games. Um, one thing I did want to touch about, though, with C.J. Stroud is the C.J. Stroud, what we thought Justin Fields was going to be. Like, yeah, C.J. Stroud is unbelievable. This kid's a winner. He doesn't turn the ball over. The interception that he threw in the first quarter, he ended up getting the ball back on a strip, which I thought was hilarious. But um, mm-hmm. I, I really do think um, C.J. Stroud is what we always thought the Ohio State quarterbacks were going to be in the NFL, and they just never were. 
And um, I really think Houston is going <laughs> um, to keep playing. But like what Bart said earlier, uh, the defense is very underrated. This defense could play and they can battle the best of them. Um, Saints, another team, weak division, still are going to compete for that division crown. Um, Derek Carr is somebody that I like. He's somebody that has experience. And he's somebody in a tight division race down come late November, early December, I'm going to want as my quarterback in that division, in that division. Um. So, yo, I'm going to start my take with asking you what what deemed his play bad to you, Matt? Repeat that one more time. What deemed uh, Derek's car play bad to you? What team did Derek, what? No, no, what, 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 like, why, why, why do you think his, he played bad? Um, Oh, I just, uh, I just felt Derek Carr was underwhelmed. I felt the uh, Texans pressured him. I thought, um, I thought getting to the, I thought he had issues trying to get to his weapons, but I also think he's still lingering from a shoulder injury and he's not playing to his full potential there because of that. Okay. So before, yeah, I just, I just wanted to like ask you before I got on my like Derek Carr take. Yeah. And like, can I say one thing too, with the AC joint issue, which Anthony Richardson had the same injury. Anthony Richardson's taking the rest of the season off, it seems. And Carr had a similar injury. Now, again, I'm no medical expert. It seems that must have been more severe. But it is, but I bring it up because maybe that can be a factor into it. And like you said, I mean, I see a lot of quarterbacks, even a lot of players, like they try to come back from injuries early, you know, whatever it is. But I feel like, their car shouldn't rush this one back. You know what I'm saying? He should actually like, like relax. But what it is is that the Saints don't really kind of have a good backup quarterback. So like, they got Taysom Hill, but he's not really a quarterback. But you see what he's done in the, you see what he did in the receiving game that game. Like you know, he was pretty good over there. So like that's, but he's better fit in the rushing and the receiving game. But like, at the same time. I, I'm not a big fan, but the reason why I asked for it is because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big on Derek Carr. I never was big on Derek Carr. I wasn't big on him when he was a Raider. Was not, I'm, so I'm not big on him when he's a Saint. And I'm gonna go as far to say is no, I don't think that they can win with Derek Carr. Like I don't think that he can. He's gonna properly utilize his weapons. Like he's got Mike Thomas over there. He's got like um yeah, he's using Chris Olave, but he needs to keep giving like Kamara's back. So now that he's back. Keep giving him the ball. Let's see. How, you know what? Before I say that, let's see. Let's see. Two, three more games. But I'm gonna just go with. I don't think that he can. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think that he can do it for for the Saints. I feel. Um, is Jameis hurt or is like? Jameis is there. Is, is he hurt or is he is he healthy? He's good. I feel like they they should really let him get more snaps. Like, but he's not consistent either. But I don't think they, they honestly, they can't win with either guy. Honestly, really. So I don't know. the Saints, the Saints got to look into getting a better quarterback. That's how I feel about it. All right, any rebuttal on that one, Nico? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, I, I, it's I, all I'm gonna say is at the end of the day. Derek Carr has been what Derek Carr has been the past couple of years. Um, we saw this with the Raiders. We 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 saw him 
always in these tight games, always in these sloppy games sometimes. Sometimes he's in shootouts. He's somebody that is very unpredictable. And um, Bars, are you you completely done with him? Like completely? I was never on. I was never. I was never. I was never with him. The cars have never been good. Like you gotta just kind of look at it. Like, like it just it is what it is. But you look at that division though, and Matt, I want to answer this too. Like I just looking at that whole division. You got Baker, Young. Like Derek Carr's the quarterback. I'm gonna want. Come down to that division race. Am I wrong? Or who who would you rather? From that division, for sure, he's the best quarterback. You just, you just, and remember, he's played like an MVP before, but he got hurt. His whole career has also been riddled, um, riddled by injuries. So deep down, if I see it like a Matthew Stafford situation that he could will his team to win and he has the skills to get the right people the ball, then yes, I do think so. We just, I just want to know more about if that injury is, um, preventing him to, from hitting his potential this year. And you know what? That's another thing. I, let me factor that into if he's, if he is holding out, like if he's like, you know, playing through an injury, really consider if you should, or if you should take some time off, because if that injury is going to cost you like games like this, then you should probably take some time. Off. All right. We'll see what happens there. The Detroit lions went to Tampa and took care of business, won by a score of 20-6. to six. The defense was eating up Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Jared Goff only had a 353 yards on the in the air passing, two touchdowns, and that's all they needed to get a convincing win against the Bucks. So my question to you, with things working on defense, especially that defensive line, with players staying healthy and making big moves, and even with some running back injuries, the Detroit Lions are a really good football team. So let me ask you the big question there. Here, are the Detroit Lions a top NFC team? Absolutely. I think they're the third best team in the NFC right now. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I think this team is phenomenal. Both ends of the football. They know how to rush the quarterback. They know how to consistently manage games on offense. Um, this week was a little bit concerned. We couldn't really see them run the ball for the first time all season. Um, but still, Garrett Goff made up for it. Throwing 300 plus yards and absolutely balling out. Defense just dominated. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game in general, though, was Baker Mayfield was the Baker Mayfield that we all know and love. Um, yes. Is the runover. Yes. I like Baker personally. I like his swagger. I like his energy. But um, Baker fit into a stereotype this week. It's uh, going to get anything done. Couldn't get anything going. You were never looking at Baker in this game or like, you might get it here. Missing guys deep. Guys were open. And he was just missing them. Um, this was a very, very bad game from Baker Mayfield of the Bucks. Yes, let me, let me, let me just, let me just, like, why couldn't I have, like, I really wish I didn't have, like, technical difficulties, um, like, going into, like, last week so I could have been on the show just so I could diss the fuck out of Baker Mayfield. And I love the Lions, actually. I'm really big on the Lions in the NFC. And I, it's, it's been a growing trend. They've been a growing trend for me. And I think you can see that, like, through our past shows. But, like, the Bucks. They really thought Baker was going to do it. And like you said, he fit a, he fit a stereotype. 
And that stereotype is he's not good. Like you said, he was missing dudes deep. His stats show he's not good. No touchdowns and an interception. Like Mike Evans had under 50 yards. I don't think he's going to even get a thousand this year. So <clears throat> it's not looking good over there. The Lions, yo, like you said, they're 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 defense. They're they're getting pressures, getting to the quarterback. Amon, Amon Ra, St. Brown, looking really good. 124 yards. Really good. Like, is he like what top five? Is he a top? I I, I didn't look, but is he a top five receiver right now? Like, Jared, uh, Jared Goff is looking. He's looking. He's looking like his good days in in Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying? He's looking like. Glory day, like Jared Goff, like, and I'm not, I'm not a big Jared Goff guy, but I'm not totally against him either. This was a good game for the Lions. Like, they need to, they like, it was, it was a nice paced control game. Like, if you really look at the, if you look at the spread, like, all right, like you know, like they paced it through the first quarter, field goal, touchdown, second quarter, touchdown, third quarter field goal third quarter they just kept the lead won the game um defense did what it had to do it was just it was just it was just a good game for the lions baker showed what i always thought baker was gonna be garbage can um garbage can on the browns like yeah so yeah i'm done i know guys it's uh this is that's what's great about this league there's something always new. You really can't predict 100% what's going to happen. You can make a bet. You can make a wager. But it always things go awry. But um, at least what we could get out of this, my friends, is that, um, man, if Baker just... Ba- it, Baker, Baker, like... Um, if just Baker was always healthy this whole time, always protected, man, this guy still might have a cool second half of his career. And I think the perfect example in our lifetime seems to be, um, seems to be, um, Matthew Stafford as a guy who, you know, always had a good career, but never got to the other level. And then, you know, a few lucky breaks and he's a Super Bowl champion now. And, um, I think, you know, Baker has justified so far his number one overall pick status. And also just another history lesson. I think the best example of a somebody who was originally a bust but wound up being a great quarterback someone else is Jim Plunkett. Was a bust in the 80s with the Patriots. Went to the Raiders and won two Super Bowls. People debate to this day should be a Hall of Famer. But I bring this up because it shows that if you have the talent to be in the league and you could stay on a roster and if you can make the most of your opportunity, you could do some pretty cool things. And maybe Baker is the next guy to do that. Am I right? Absolutely. And uh, hopefully they could get a better squad around him as the years go by for the Bucks if he winds up staying there. I, I mean, I feel you with the Matthew Stafford comparison, but Matthew was actually – on just like with on Detroit for a really long time, put up some really good numbers with with Megatron. But he had a Megatron. But, I, yeah, but he had ha- that. I think yeah. I don't know. That's my whole thing. That's why Ma- like Baker had Odell. Baker had Baker had. 
I don't know. Baker had people to throw to. It's not like Baker didn't have people to throw to. Like, you got to kind of look at it. Like, Baker's been on how many teams? Three. Since, he, since he's yes. been a number one draft pick. Browns, Rams, no, fuck. And Panthers. Four. Oh, yeah. Four, yeah. four, four. <laughs> so, to me, nah. I don't really think he's fully justified that number one pick status yet. But he's won how many playoff games, can we say? One versus Steelers one. that I know of off the top of my head. One? Yeah. Nah. In, I, also, so I can't really agree with you, but... Uh, hey. Hey. We'll, we'll see what the second half of his career looks like. Yeah. What a world, guys. Am I right? I want to talk about, as we talk about the Rams... The Rams defeated the Cardinals by a score of 26 to 9. Cooper Cup came back and he was playing like Cooper Cup. How about that? And um, you know, cards are rebuilding. Kyler Murray's is allegedly gonna start practicing this week. It's a good chance he comes back there, but we know that they're they're figuring themselves out. But the Rams, they might be able to compete for this division, yes or no? Definitely. This Rams team going into the year, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, too, wasn't really on anybody's radar. This team is very, very good. Um, they're very, very talented. I, I, I do think that um, Arizona is the worst team in all of football. Um, but I do think with a healthy Cooper Cup, the connection that Stafford and Puka have now, 2-2, um, Kyron Williams, Aaron Donald on defense, this team is good in their team that – could beat Seattle. I don't think they're going to do anything for division. I think San Fran runs away um, completely with the division itself. But I do think this team is a team you don't want to see in the divisional round or in the wild card round of the playoffs is a team you don't want to see. So, um, yeah, I like this Rams team right now. Cooper Cup back gives their offense more explosion. Um, Puka wasn't really that included in this last game. But we'll see what it's going on for the next couple of games. These next couple of games for them, they got the Steelers. That's a really good defense. Um, offense is not too high powered. They got the Cowboys. That's an even better. That's you know what I'm saying. That's an even better defense. They got the Packers, Seahawks. Like their their schedule isn't too crazy, but they honestly did. Yeah, they they could take that division. So I agree with you. All right, guys. So we have the Minnesota Vikings winning by a score of 19 to 13. And um, Cousins leading the way. Um, unfortunately, Fields got hurt in this game. But um, the Vikings, even though in this battle of mid where these two classic franchises don't seem to be going anywhere, it was uh, just kind of there, I guess. The only thing I can talk about here is Kirk Cousins said he will not drop his no trade clause he will stay in minnesota he truly is a family guy i respect that <laughs> i mean he doesn't seem like the jets wanted to trade for anybody anyways but um yeah there's not really much to talk about with this game i just hope justin fields is okay and um respect to kirk cousins wanting to stay in minnesota i guess they yeah. are not going to go anywhere without Justin Jefferson. So if you if you put this team a part of your parlay, at least at minus three, you were happy. And um, if you made the uh, put the under, you were happy too. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't feel like I had Minnesota. I uh, liked Minnesota in this game, but like I said, not really too much to say about this game. Two teams that aren't going to go anywhere, um, in my opinion, and everyone's opinion as well. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, great guy, rooting for him. Wants to stay in Minnesota? Let him do it. Let him die in Minnesota. Let him have his career. Let Jefferson come back. Maybe get another playmaker, get a better offensive line, and they can be a real contender next year. But um, not that the game was boring necessarily. It's just like a Bears-Vikings game. That means nothing. Um, obviously, the rivalry is historic, um, seeing those two camp franchises play, but the game at itself just – Normal again. Normal. As the season goes, as the season gets to this point and goes on, we will have short segments like this because that's just, that is, you just have to really like football and again, have them part of your parlays at that point. I have no take on this one. Like, it's just, it's just kind of like, you know, I got to say, who's better, Minnesota? Would you rather hang out in Minnesota or Chicago? I guess it's kind of easy. Like the city itself? Yeah. Chicago, not 100%. Chicago. Yeah. Like, hands down. Like, to be honest, like, there's nothing, there's no take on this one for me. Like, the Minnesota got the win. Like you said, Minnesota versus Chicago, boring. If you could hang out with either Kirk Cousins for the day or Justin Fields, who would you hang out with? Kirk Cousins. Okay, go, go to church. Depends on the vibe. Depends on the, depends on what I'm feeling that. You have, you have, you have $10,000. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Me and Justin Fields will have a good time. Yeah, in that in that case, now that you put ten racks in there, me and Justin Fields gonna have a nice, gonna have a nice time. Oh, you don't want to go to the uh, choir with you sing, go to Glee Club with Kirk. Hey, call me foul. They're not gonna try to convince you to put that ten racks in the offering. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder what you'll do with that money. <laughs> All right, let's go to the talk about the Commanders and Falcons, where the Commanders beat. The Falcons, 24 to 16. One week, I think the Falcons are going to win their division. The next, like this, uh, Desmond Ritter throws three interceptions. Commanders, again, a team that is so mysterious, but clearly a team that if Sam Howell could at least get protected, they should be okay. You know that defensive line is lethal in Washington, and um, they're going to be an interesting team to watch for the rest of the year. So um, what are our thoughts there? I think, if anything, the Falcons, don't take them too seriously because they could be very feeble. I'm on the fence of how I feel about Arthur Smith um, as a head coach for them. And uh, Desmond Ritter, I think... uh, Clearly, if he wants to keep playing and be a starting quarterback, he cannot have games like this. And again, this could be another team that drafts a big quarterback in this amazing quarterback class. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think this team is a quarterback away from a start. Um, I still think they need a lot more than a quarterback, but um, yeah, this this team um, is not bad. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I'm. I think they're very overrated. Um. I think the Falcons with Bijan, give him the ball as much as possible right now. Let him go to work. They got Drake London involved a little bit, is what I like to see. But yeah, Ritter's not it. Um. But on the Washington, is this the most inconsistent team so far this season? They either ball out or what they did against the Bears a couple weeks ago was 
ridiculous. Um, I, I really think Washington is a team that can hold their own. Um, like you said, having um, the enemy, like, is that is that a massive part to this Washington team and their success? But I think Ron Rivera ultimately is a big downfall to the team. Um, but hats off to them. Um, I really like Washington in this game, man. Glad to see them win. Um, honestly, I really, I, you said the most inconsistent team, Nico. Is that what you said? Yeah, most consistent yeah, in this yeah, season they, so far. Yeah, yeah, they really are the most inconsistent team. It's because, like, one day that they're like, and their record shows it, like, they're living 500. Like, like if the record shows it, like, but they're, like you said, the defense balls out over there. I misspoke earlier um, when we were talking about the Browns. I said Fuller, Fuller actually is on the on Washington. Fuller had that big interception. Um, I think that like basically sealed sealed the game for the for the Falcons, uh, and and like you said, like Ritter can't be throwing three interceptions. He just can't be doing that. Like he like he was having a pretty okay game, but three interceptions, he, not, he can't be doing that. Sam Howell get him a little bit of protection, but he had three touchdowns. They were just kind of like doing the work. They kind of just got the job done um, and won that game. Defense was immaculate for Washington um, that day. It was just looking really good for them. So I think Washington has um, has a lot of – I think they have a lot of potential. You said Ron Rivera is like the downfall. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think Ron Rivera is – Yeah, that's that's call. one thing I kind of agree with, um, Nico. He doesn't really seem into it <laughs> as much. And, um, you know, maybe Eric Bieniemy could slip right in there if uh, – Things don't work out in Washington, and some people feel that he it could be. be the best could, team. I'm sorry, I didn't get off. We're finished. No, no, I'm sorry, just Matt. saying. Some people think that maybe he's going to sneak in there, and um, a lot. Of, I saw a lot of early odds of in-season firings. He was up there high, at like plus three hundred at some places. Yo, I'm not even going to like say that I can't agree with you guys. Like Ron Rivera, like you know what I'm saying. Like he just doesn't seem to have like that that drive to take you to like the next level. So like, yeah, I agree with you guys. And I know he's gone through a lot of health issues too. Like that could be a factor. Um, I don't know, but at least they're they're They are, um, at least they are playing pretty good football and they, and you know, they are in games. They almost beat the Eagles. They're three yeah. and three. They, Anything can happen in this league. They play the Giants, and, you know. It's playing. Agree with the B enemy. Say if they as painful me as painfully as it is for me to say it. Maybe the, uh, the you should be able to beat the Giants. Let's be real, but um, um, I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to pick differently for there, but they should be able to take care of them. And um, yeah. Maybe Eric Bieniemy, if it doesn't work out, he'll finally get his shot at for a head coaching job that a lot of people um, hope he's able to get. I'm, I'm agreeing with that Bieniemy take, man. So it makes sense. Make a lot of sense. And uh, like I said, if only they could protect how this would be a very, very solid offense and a very underrated running back committee too. Brian Robinson's yeah. legit. And uh, yeah. I feel like. Oh. I yeah. So real quick, real quick. I just I feel like over the years they kind of like have had steady good running backs coming through there, over there um in in Washington. They just needed like a mix of good like 
receivers now. I feel like they got a, a good, healthy balance right now. Like you said, Washington's been a great up. franchise despite their former horrible owner. At least that yeah. problem is now gone. And Dan Snyder, they have three Super Bowls. Um, I know the whole naming rights issue is yeah. has been a thing. Um, but, you know, Washington itself is a solid classic NFL franchise. Yeah, you know. They haven't had really have had success honestly since the early 90s, but there could be something there. RJ3 could have been the one that uh, revitalized that franchise, but he just got hurt and came back too soon. But he does make a great commentator though. He's fun. He's definitely fun. I like his uh, helpers. All right, the final game that I left for last, the New York football Giants on Sunday night went to Buffalo. They lose 14-9. What a, what a, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The fact that they kept this close. They were 15-point underdogs, and that spread was easily, easily taken care of there. The over-under was easily taken care of. The defense played great. They played a great game on defense. The Bills played another questionable game. I don't know if you want to put the London factor in there. I don't think that's not necessarily a good excuse. I've heard people say that. But the Giants really took care of Josh Allen. No Daniel Jones this week. Tyrod Taylor played fine. He at least played well enough to get another start. And um, if it was, wasn't was only for the refs with egregious calls, especially the final two plays of the game with the pass interference that was yeah. – the pass interference was called the second last play of the game. Clearly happened on the last play of the game. We didn't call it at all. I don't know yeah. why. This is exactly why people think this league is scripted. This is exactly why people throw their TVs. This is exactly why people think refs are – you know, tainted, especially with sports books being live in almost half of our states in the United States. This is just, of course, the New York Giants should not have let the, themselves get to that point, and especially the horrendous, the legitimate bad coaching game by Brian Dayball in uh, this game. Especially, I mean, that, that the end of the first half, Saquon gets knocked in the gets knocked down at the one yard line. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. They didn't have a timeout. They couldn't spike the ball in time, and you literally lose what could have been a field goal, and that would have this literally would have been a Giants win. They could have, I, you could trust Graham Gano to make the, that field goal at the end of the first half, and he probably would have made that chip shot to win the game, at the uh, end of the second half. And what a absolutely annoying way to lose now you're one and five nobody will think this team is going to make a run at all the season is over um i know the lions were one and five last year and made a run but this team is nowhere close to that with that offensive line and um yeah what a pain in the ass game for the new york giants that killed your season and i don't know what the hell's going on i just don't know this team should not be this bad and it is infuriating. It really is infuriating, and I don't. It's. It, are we really about to have a, a <laughs> Brian Dayball? People question about his coaching ability, and this would be. It, I, this is really weird. We. This is technically our fourth coach in the last decade to have a. Really good first year. Ben McAdoo had a great first year. They made it to the playoffs. Shit the bed in the second year. Gets fired in the middle of the season. Spagnola comes in. 
Uh, Pat Shermer comes in with an okay first year. Well, no, his first two years were bad. Both of them were pretty bad. Um, that's the Eli, the Eli and uh, Daniel Jones transition. Joe Judge in the COVID year played fine. They uh, at six to ten almost won the division, but um, we know Philadelphia um, lets up allegedly loses that game to cost the division title. But then uh, talks itself out of a job, shits the bid there. Now Brian, Brian Dayball goes as far as to have a really good game, win Coach of the Year, win a playoff game, and now in the first six games, nobody knows what's going on. At least the defense showed promise, but um, I'm sorry, this is me ranting. Left it at the end, but. What an annoying way to lose. And, and do I really want to be another person who says that that infamous saying, tank for Caleb, those three words? <laughs> I like to think no. I know Daniel Jones has a – I do support them drafting a quarterback early on because Daniel Jones can have – the Giants can opt out of his contract at the end of 24, scare the guy into having a good year. But – um what a what a just again I'm just speechless I'm just speechless how he lost that game yeah uh, I'm about to make a crazy take and I'm going to stand by it Um, I think we saw the best quarterback on the New York Giants roster play this Tyrod Taylor I love Tyrod Taylor but uh, with that being said um, Saquon being back obviously was a big help another team though that this is the most life I feel like we saw the Giants in a couple weeks, but they went Very 0 and 5 much. in the red zone. They're going to get a touchdown. Um, they were getting yards. They were driving down the field. I don't know if it's a Saquon Barkley effect or what the case was, but we did see some life out of this offense, even though they only scored nine points. Um, they were driving, we're getting in situations. They just couldn't put it in. Um, as far as the Bills, you're at home and you're in this type of game coming down to the final play with the New York Giants. Are you kidding me? That can't happen. It's inexcusable. Um, you're supposed to be a prime time contender in AFC. You can't be letting a team like the New York Giants hang around without Daniel Jones. Um, but one thing I do want to touch on, and um, it's something I will stand by. I think if you want to know, if someone asks you, like, they passed out in 2015 and they woke up two weeks ago and or today and they said, "What were the New York Giants like in the past decade?" I think you just show them a clip of that 10 seconds to end the first half. And that was what the New York Giants have been. That was awful how you don't get points there. You throw the ball in bounds. You eat. Awful, awful, awful. I know we said the same thing with the Jets a few weeks ago, but it just stuff like that is inexcusable at this level. How do you not get points up? I, I, I don't um I don't know. I I'm sorry, but I, keep going. My take. My take, it was like Tyrod played a good game. Tyrod played a good game. Um, managed it really well. I feel you, Matt, on the NFL being scripted. It's like, this shit is so weird. And, like, I talked to my brother-in-law on that Saturday, and he was like, yo, Vegas won't let the Bills make that cut. Like, you know, he won't let the Bills. They, like, you know, they, he, he just said Vegas won't let him do it. You know what I'm saying? And lo and behold, but, like, it's like, Bad officiating keeps to be keeps being the theme every week. Like it's just that was definitely a pass interference. It was they should have called that. Um, 
it was I honestly thought that was a game the Giants won. Like, you know, without the, like without that bad without that bad call. But I don't think y'all should tank for uh for Caleb Williams. I feel like y'all should pick up like I don't know, like a good a good backup quarterback, like y'all were saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we need to get linemen. We need to get some new tackles in there. We need some new guards. Definitely. We got Justin Pugh off the couch this week. So so if so, if anything, if you but also him, a, a a solid running uh, wide receiver would help too. Uh, um, continue the point. I don't I don't know bars with the the how to handle the quarterback situation on a lot of my feels on Dayball and the Giants really should be saved until the season once the season ends. It's just really strange what's going on and I have no idea I I don't know how this team could be so bad with a team that essentially upgraded its roster allegedly on paper looks great but with a bad offensive line and maybe the receivers aren't what we expected it's and then people complaining about the DJ contract it's it's weird. I, I just need to see a few more weeks before I can really delve in and how I truly feel about this team. But this is this has been very rough. And at least the schedule does lighten up starting this week. And at least when they gotta win that jet game on October 29th. The Jets need to win it too. Next Sunday is gonna be the Super Bowl, for me at least. Um Jets and Giants. That's gonna really def- define both their seasons moving forward as you head into November in the second half of the year. And yeah, um, what a game! Any and also with the Bills, how could the Bills let the Giants push them around like that? What do you think of that? I think that was like, yo, listen, that's what that's the next thing. Like, if those other teams, like if the Washingtons up there inconsistency, even though the Bills' record kind of shows that they're consistent, I feel like they're pretty inconsistent. You know what I'm saying? And like, their play is going to show that, like. If you really look at it, Stefan Diggs was their biggest playmaker. Like they had some rushing yards, but like outside of that, Gabe Davis like fumbling that ball kind of gave New York some hope. Like it kind of sparked their defense a little bit. So it you like I don't know. I'm not feeling the Bills this year. Like I said, if I got the if I got the Jags taking the AFC, honestly, like I'm being like non-biased, like even as a Steelers fan, I'm being, being non-biased. Like if I got the Jags taking the AFC, then I got them. I got the Bills not really doing much. Like to be honest, and they didn't show me much against. Like I'm not saying that the New York defense is bad, but I'm saying like the Bills should have been able to outplay them. Clearly, outclass them. Like, but it didn't happen like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, what I personally think that happened. Um, I don't think I disagree with you. I think the Bills are going to be a powerhouse um, come in the AFC, and I, I think the Buffalo Bills. I have them versus the Chargers in my AFC Championship still, and I still think that's what's going to happen. But um, I think this was one of those things where it's like you played overseas last week, you came off a loss. We'll have a nice, easy week of practice for playing the Giants. That, that's how I think it was. And the Giants really showed fight and showed heart. And I truly believe that's what this game was. Uh, the Bills not taking the Giants as a serious opponent, even though every team opponent in the NFL, you have to take serious. And um, I think it was more, you know, we just got off London. We got off a tough loss. It's not like a little relaxed week going into, uh, going into the Giants. All right.
Let's make our picks for week 17, gentlemen. All right. You know, one thing here I want to just say. Thursday night football with what looks to be another poor matchup where we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New Orleans Saints. And, um, excuse me, one second. Yes. So, the Jaguars and Saints. Game should be okay. Should be fine. This matchup isn't that sexy, but still a thing. New Orleans is opening at minus one at home. Uh, Where do we feel this is going? And the over-under is 40. I'm going to go with the Thursday night football tradition of low-scoring, sloppy football that will prevent offenses from really taking it in. And the Jacksonville Jaguars will get the technical upset and put them, uh, if you are going by the minus one and minus and plus one, it's pretty much a pick them. But give me Jacksonville defeating New Orleans at home after a stellar win last week. And, you know, the big question is, is Trevor Lawrence playing or not? I'm sure he would play if it was a regular week, but short week here. Um, But assuming that Trevor Lawrence is going to play, I think Jacksonville will easily handle the Saints. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close. I do think it will be a close game, but I do think Jacksonville um, pulls this one out um, with or without Trevor Lawrence, preferably with. Um, without who? Who is the backup? Who played last week? I forget who it was. I know we didn't play, but like towards the end of the game. Um, may give me one second as I look that up. But bars, what are you? What are you saying? Thinking. Um, uh, CJ Bethard, by the way. I'm gonna go honestly. With the upset on this one, man. I'm going to go with the Saints taking this one. Well, not the upset, but I'm going to go against you guys. I'm going to go with the Saints taking this one. I'm going to agree that it's a low-scoring game, though. So I'm going to go with, like, I'm going to go, honestly, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go with the under on this one. Um, I'm going to go with, like, I don't know, like a 17-14 with the Saints taking it. I have no opinion on the, on the total. I really don't know how it's going to be. It, it seems like an under game, but uh, Trevor Lawrence, it's tough taking unders with this Jacksonville team. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're going to Sunday. There's no international series this week. Thank God. All right, Cleveland is going to Indianapolis. One o'clock. The spread is minus two for Cleveland. Over-under is 39. Give me Cleveland getting the victory here. And I think that they will be able to cover those two points. And for an over-under, give me over. I think both offenses can score throughout. Um, actually, no, I take that back. Uh, I Give me the under here. I think uh, Cleveland can um, pressure – Give be, I think Cleveland could pressure Gardner Minshew and uh, give the Colts a hard time during this game. So give me Cleveland as the favorite and uh, under 39 points. Yeah, I'll take Cleveland as well. Um, I think Cleveland wins this game. Um, I, I know we mentioned earlier that the Colts have a chance to be decent, and I think they still do. But um, I, I like Cleveland, especially you yeah, have the number one ranked pass defense and the number four ranked rush defense right now. And the Colts are a perfect team to continue that ball rolling into. Um, yeah, give me Cleveland by seven plus. 
Um, now that Jonathan Taylor's back, I think this game's going to be a little different. Um, no Nick Chubb for the Browns. This game's definitely going to be a bit different. Um, you guys are kind of bigger on me than Garden than I am on Gardner Minshew, but I'm going to actually go with the Colts on this one for the – for. Damn, I guess I guess I'll go with I, I guess I'll go with the under, like so, probably like twenty seventeen, the Colts. All right, we have the Buffalo Bills playing the New England Patriots. The Bills are going to New England. How about that? The Bills are opening at minus eight and a half. The over under is forty one and a half. Um. Let me see that. The Buffalo Bills minus eight and a half and over under is 41 and a half. All right. Give me the Bills being able to beat, give a beat down to the Patriots. Patriots have been bad at home. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Everybody is uh, going nuts over there. And I know the Giants are bad. I know the Carolina Panthers are bad. But this game might really show that the Patriots are the worst team in the league. How about that? And uh, having said that, I think um, with an over-under, 41 and a half, give me, give me an over. I think Agreed. the Bills, it's going to be mostly the Bills scoring a lot of points on the Patriots. I think that they could at least get some points in there. They could be under maybe for a team total under a 14, but uh, that might be able to help them sneak into it. I agree with you. I see this as a very high scoring game for the Bills. Like I said, that inconsistency one game would be high score and the next game be very low and like great. But like, this is a game that they, I think they win easy hands down. Like, and I, I see them taking the over I want to give the Patriots, honestly, I really want to give them a goose egg for this one, but I'll give them like three points, 45-3. I, love yeah. I actually disagree with both of you. Uh, I, I, the only play I like in this game is the under. I actually love the under in this game. Um, I think it's going to be – Bills are definitely going to get this win. I, I don't – I can see this game being one of two things. I can see it being exactly what we saw on Sunday night against the Giants – or I can see the Bills winning this game like a 28-3. Um, I really don't know who I like sidewise, but no matter what, I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Bills winning either way. Definitely the Bills winning, but uh, this game for me, it's it's a spread after this game against the Giants just happened. Too tough to bet the spread, in my opinion, staying away from the spread. All right. We have the Washington Commanders going up against the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. MetLife Stadium. Washington open at minus two, over under 39 and a half. I actually going to go a um, little bias aside, but not really. But give me the New York Giants covering and uh, getting two points on the Washington Commanders. They're due for a win. I think um, Tyrod Taylor, if he's going to be the one starting, I think – Actually, I take that back. Oh, God. Um, the more I think about it, I take disregard what I said. As much as I love the New York football giants, 
if this line is having trouble against, you know, anybody, if this line is showing how, if the offensive line of the Giants showing their true weakness, <laughs> sorry, the weaknesses, the two, the true weakness of the Giants is the offensive line. And you're telling me people like Montez Sweat and Chase Young are going to go in and just, you know, not take advantage of that fresh meat there. Of course, they're going to give problems to Tyrod Taylor. Probably Tommy DeVito as the quarterback three is going to get in there and they're going to injure him too. As painfully as it me to say this as a Giants fan, give Washington the minus two points there. And um, give me an under at 39 and a half. I like the G-men. Give me the G-Man at home. Uh, he showed signs of life against one of the best teams in the AFC last week. Um, Saquon Barkley was back to Saquon Barkley form. I think now that he even has a week with the with the recovery injury under his belt, he's getting a bit better this week. Um, give me the Giants winning this game by a field goal plus winning outright. I hope you're right and I'm wrong. Uh, Your lips to, God ear, to God's ear. Yeah, that's I think it's going to be low scoring, though. I don't see too many touchdowns. Uh, give me the under. Um, one play, and this is one of those games where I like a team total under. I like Washington team total under in this one. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm also going with Washington on this one. I want to say it's going to be a battle, but I like like Matt like really had like that consideration, like mid-take. Mid yeah, I'm going to actually go with – um. Washington on this one, but I'm gonna go with the under on this one. I'm gonna think Washington takes it like twenty to like twenty to like nine. To be honest, um, like you said, Chase Young, that defensive line putting pressure on them. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I like him too, but like I don't think he's gonna do much. Unfortunately, I, and I kind of want the Giants to take. The, I want the Giants to get a win, but yeah. me too. I will totally be happy to be wrong in this one. So moving on, the Detroit Lions are going to Baltimore. How about that? The Lions are underdogs. Baltimore is opening at minus three, over-under is 42. I think the Lions will get the upset here, and I think they will truly show they are the second-best team in the NFC and eat people up during this game. I do think the uh, Baltimore Ravens will give them a fight, but give me the Lions getting the very important victory for their season and the points there. I don't know how to take this one. Um, because like I feel like that Ravens defense is pretty okay. Pretty it's pretty solid. Um I'm right, I'm right. running low on battery. Uh it's it's pretty solid, but at the same time, that Lions offense and that Lions defense are showing some real life. I don't know what to say for the over and under on this one, but I'm ultimately going to give the win to the Lions. Yeah, uh, I'm opposite than the both of you. Uh, give me Baltimore. Give me Baltimore covering this game. Um, I think we see Detroit struggle the most we've seen them struggle all year. And um, I do think Baltimore wins this game. Covers the spread. Um, this might be a game where Vegas is right on at three, but I have the Ravens covering them three. Um, preferably to take them in the money line minus one forty-five. 
All right. The Vegas Raiders are going to Chicago this week. Vegas opening at minus three. The over-under is 37 and a half. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders getting another big victory. And because that over-under is pretty low, I'll go even as far as to say give me um, – no, no, no. Sorry. If we saw in Chicago how – you know, nerve nervous. The uh, second string was, and uh, the Stetson. Well, we already have Frankie's from like Stevenson Stenson University. I don't know. Um, give me the under at thirty-seven and a half, and give me the Vegas Raiders scoring three. Chicago's going to be ha- having a very hard time scoring points in this game. Absolutely, yeah. Um, my one of my favorite plays this weekend that I highly to go into the game is Chicago team total under seventeen and a half. I don't see how this team scores more than 17 points this game. I just really don't see a world where it happens. Um, I, I like the Raiders winning this game. I don't think the Raiders score a lot either, so I do like the under. To me, the Raiders winning this game 20-7, to 7, something like that. Um, but I got the Raiders in this one. Yeah, I got the Raiders too. I think we see Josh Jacobs get off for the first time in a long time. Um, but, yeah, I got the Raiders on this one. Uh, I don't have a score for it, but I got the under. Atlanta's going to Tampa Bay in a divisional matchup. Tampa Bay is opening at minus two and a half. The over-under is 38. Give me Tampa on this one. Baker Mayfield's going to have a true bounce-back game, and um, they're at home again. Atlanta can be either really hot or really cold. This is going to be another really cold one for them. Give me over 38. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, but I'm going to also go with the under. Um, Mm. I like Tampa Bay in this one, but I do like the under. Um, Weird game. I I, I think both teams just – we don't know too much about yet. It's one of those two teams that are still big, big question marks. Um, But, yeah, give me me Tampa Bay. Give me the under. Seems like uh, you want this past week to be this week in terms of unders. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm usually a big under better, and uh, definitely wish I got more unders this past Sunday. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I... Baker has a bounce back game. I feel like I'm not a big. I'm not big on Baker, but Baker has a bounce back game. It's just it's just a bigger inconsistency for me. I don't know what to go with as, as far as the over and unders, but I feel like it's going to be kind of like a pretty tight game, like somewhere both both teams ending up in like the twenties. But that's what I feel about it. But ultimately, I got the Buccaneers winning the game. Bars is Pittsburgh Steelers are going to Los Angeles this weekend for four o'clock. The Steelers opening at. Sorry, we have the Los Angeles Rams opening at minus three against the Steelers. Over-under is 44 points. Steelers coming back after a bye. Give me the Los Angeles Rams defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers and getting the points there. And give me an over 44 points. I'll let you take first, Nico. All right, yeah. Um, one thing I'll say is I I like Pittsburgh in this game. Um, I, I really think Tomlin going into the bye week, I believe, never thought it until last year, still think he's an awful clock management, 
awful. Maybe the worst of football and clock management. But Tomlin, as a coach, I think knows what he's doing, knows what he's doing organizationally. I think he listened to the team and to the fans with their frustrations over Matt Canada this week. With the extra bye week, I think he really sat down, talked with Matt Canada, talked with the team, be like, listen, we got to do something moving forward. Another play that I have on my list is one of my favorite plays this weekend. Pittsburgh Steelers over 20 and a half points. I think they get three touchdowns. They cover this pretty easily. Um, give me Pittsburgh in this game. It's kind of a shootout. We're going to be a little surprised with the offense of Pittsburgh. I got Steelers, the Steelers running this game 31-24. Uh, I got the running game coming alive for us this week. Um, defense doing its thing. We got a couple of, We got a couple key players back. What will be really big is that um, they're – they were there were a lot of players that were in for offense uh, last week that um, were not in, or not last week, uh, the following week that were um, that were basically got, they got bumped up to starting due to like injuries and whatever. They're not going to be starting if I'm correct. Um, so Roger Jones, our number one, our first round draft pick, he won't. I don't think he'll be starting. Um, and I think they're going back to. Another, they're going back to a couple of bad pieces. Um, if they study the tape, like I hope they did over the week, they they might make some like late game adjustments or, or not late, oh, but late like last minute adjustments. But I do also have the Steelers winning this one. Um, I do like the Rams, but the Steelers have a very good defense. Like, oh, Joey Porter Jr. is another name that won't be starting, like, um, but he should be starting. As you saw what he did against Lamar, um, Lamar Jackson, Joey Porter Jr. should be starting. But if they, if they, still there? Yo, yo, man, they didn't like your like your take bars, huh? Yo, <laughs> we're still we're live. We're live. You were saying. Oh, okay. Um, I got the Steelers taking this one. Uh, the, the our secondary isn't the most solid, but our front line um is really good. Our our linebacker core looked really solid against the Ravens, and I think that we take this one. I think we take this one. Um, I I want to. I kind of like. I like Nico's take. He says it's gonna be a shootout. Um, let's see what's up. Like I got uh, what was the what was the over under on this one? 44. 44? Yo, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, 27-24 Pittsburgh. Field goal to win. Okay. Arizona's going to Seattle. The link. 1-5 Arizona Cardinals. 3-2 Seattle Seahawks. Seattle opening at minus 8. Over-unders 44.5. Give me the Seattle Seahawks getting this under... Uh, going. I think the uh, Cardinals are going to be able to. All right, give me the Arizona Cardinals with the points, and give me a forty-four and a half under. Completely agree. Give me Arizona with the points. And give me the under. No said. I'll take the Seahawks bouncing back on this one. I don't know how to really call it over and under on this one, but I think I, I got the Seahawks bouncing back on this one, taking the win. Um, I wouldn't really say dominating, but holding a solid victory against the Cardinals. A team that people like, you know, been beating and everyone been like, yo, was this t-? like, 
the teams that they beat. Like, I mean, legit, like, now, nah, like, the Cardinals are just going to, the Seahawks are just going to take this one, no blowout. Just pretty much just keep the Cardinals at bay and just manage the game up. Green Bay is going to Denver. Green Bay, two and three. Denver, one and five. The over-under is 45 points, and Green Bay's only opening at a small minus one margin. So what are we going to do here? Give me Green Bay. Give, give me Green Bay on this one. Give me the one point for Green Bay. Denver is going to have their sixth loss for the season, and everybody's going to start panicking over there. What an awful primetime matchup. And give me I, under 45 points. I agree with your entire take. I agree with your entire take. Um, I feel like we continue to see the fall of Russell Wilson. And in this one, we see Jordan Love, like, hold his own, and we show, like, they show that he's the guy over there in, in, in Green Bay. Uh, I like Denver. I like Denver in mile high. I like them at home. Um, don't really have a take on the over-under play. Um, probably won't be betting the game at all. It's one of those games I'm going to stay away for. Probably just bet props. But um, I, I like Denver taking this game at home. Right. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to Kansas City for a, a big divisional matchup. Two and three Chargers, five and one Chiefs. The Chiefs are opening at minus five and a half. And the over-under is 48. Though, give me the Chargers with the points at five and a half. Kansas City will get the victory. Give me the money line there. And the over-under, pretty high, pretty high. But I do think both teams will have high-scoring games. So give me over 48. I I like the under in this game. I think it's one of those weird games where both offenses um, are good, but are going to need to prove a little more. Um, I like the Chargers in this game. I think the Chargers can win this game outright. Um, a sneaky week. Whoa. Nico just... <laughs> okay, so Nico is out. I Hopefully guess they didn't like this couple of minutes. No, when, I, when he goes <laughs> off, I see his eye move a split second. It's like, what? And then, boom, gone. Oh, damn. Uh, the show does have to go on, though. So give me your Chargers and Chiefs take. I go with the under, and I think the Chiefs lose this one. Um, not not so much that the Chargers are just, like, overly dominant, but because the Chiefs lack of personnel. Um, but then again, ah, man, I know, better, better, I know better than the bet against my boy Patty. So I'm actually going to take the – you know what? I'm going to take that one back. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. Right then and there, I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. Um I'm gonna say that they they turn this one over. Like the Chiefs, like actually show because it's because like all right, it's gonna be high scoring, and the Chiefs show that when they when it comes down to shootouts, they can stay in it, regardless of the person now. So let's go with the Chargers with the points, but the Chiefs with the win. Okay, you and I have an update. Nico's power went out. Oh shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. He said there's a storm where he's at in Pennsylvania and he's I don't think we'll see him for the rest of the show. We only have a we only have two more games to go over, but Nico, hopefully you're okay out there. Um <laughs> Tell him to fill us in. Tell him to fill t- Texas takes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh if uh 
I, I will, I'll text him really quick if you if you have a, um for for the real sake we'll just let it go. Um, let it go. But we appreciate you, Nico. We'll definitely see you next week, man. Hayden Hayden misses the show for his birthday for some reason. I mean, you could figure it out, but that's on him. Oh wait, uh oh, we might have Nico back. Hear this. Here we go. Is it who we think we it is? Nico, yeah. yay! Dude. I'm on my phone, so I don't know. Yeah, everything's back on now. I don't know what the hell just happened. <laughs> oh man, can you do you mind just putting it horizontally really quick, like this? Yeah, because then it gets the full screen there. Okay. All right, we only we only have three games to go, anyways. But that was pretty funny. So Nico is back for a second. I thought we would have to move on, but um, your Chargers and Chiefs take. Give me the Chargers. Outright late field goal. All right, cool, cool. This is a funny one. This is a first power outage in the middle of the show. I've had at my at my apartment. I've had a uh, fire alarm go off in the middle of the show, but never really? a power outage. Yeah, but this this just this is like the it's not even raining. This is like the second time this happened. The same thing happened last week. It was like during it was Thursday. It was Thursday last week. I think it was. It just like went out. Then it came back on, and then it went out again, and then it came back on, and here we are. Same exact thing. Oh, man. I don't even know where to look at this thing. I never used a phone before for Zoom. (laughs) You're good, just like right here, like I said. Um, Okay, Chargers and Chiefs, good for the real. All right, the game of the week for sure. We have the Sunday night. The Miami Dolphins are going to Philly. Both teams are 5-1. and This is going to be good. The over-under is 52 and the line is Philly at minus two. Give me the Miami Dolphins. They are going to cover that. Sorry, give me the Miami Dolphins. They are going to win and be... Ah, sorry. Give the Miami Dolphins. They're going to win. They're going to be huge underdog. Sorry, let me restart again. Give me the Miami Dolphins. They are going to easily get the points there. They are going to outright win this game. And... What is the Eagles' biggest defense is their secondary. Obviously, the speedy receivers are going to expose the Eagles like crazy. Give me the Dolphins with the points. And for an over-under, though it's really high at 52, give me an over here. I think uh, we can see points in this game. I agree with that. Uh, I see an over, and I also take the Dolphins on that one, too. I think that... uh, like, like we've been talking about, the Eagles get exposed. The speed receivers take advantage, and they win that game. I, I do think the game can go either way. It's going to be a coin flip. Um, I personally like the under in this game, though. Um, I do think the Eagles are going to be able to go on long drives and slow down this Miami offense. Um, and the best way to slow down an offense like this Miami team is to keep them off the field. And I do think the Eagles will be successful in that. However, I do think the Dolphins' defense is underrated, and it, it, it's going to be a battle. I can really see it going either way, but as of right now, I'm definitely going to take the under. I know this is going to be a game time decision spread-wise for me, but give me the Philadelphia Eagles. We like it. We like it. All right, final game of the week. Monday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers are going to Minnesota. 5-1 49ers, 2-4 Vikings. 
The spread is minus seven for the 49ers. The over-under is 44. Give me the San Francisco 49ers. I think they can win by a little over a touchdown. They can win by 10 points. And um, I do think that they will be able to score throughout this game as well as Miami. So give me over 44 points. Um, I'm, and I'm not trying to pull what that happened in the NFL last week. Give me the under. Another game where I like the under. Um, Give me the under in this game. Um, But, yeah, give me San Francisco in this game. Um, Minnesota season's over with. um, And and we realized that last last week for Chicago, they killed no life. Obviously, they got the dub. But, um, yeah, give me San Francisco winning this game. But give me the under. Yo, call me crazy. Give me the Vikings winning this game. And I'll also take the under. All right, good stuff, gentlemen. Well, what a show. We had power outages. We had um, nice debates. But ultimately, we're here, and it was a great show throughout. Awesome stuff by Nico and Bars. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow with college football. So we appreciate you guys. See you then. Yo, have fun. Today's show was awesome. For the first time, we did Nico, Bars, and myself. Another unique panel combination, and it was a very good show, as I expected. So great stuff, Bars and Nico. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms on Instagram, at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter, and X, at Prod Combo Pod, and on TikTok, at Productive Conversations. So we are back tomorrow with another college football show. We will be discussing week seven in college football where we saw Colorado blow a big lead. We saw Washington maybe making a push of the college football playoff. Um, Caleb Williams looking pretty anemic. So a lot of stuff to get into and we make picks for this Saturday as well, week eight. And yeah, we're just trucking along. Halloween will be here before you know it. Exactly two weeks from yesterday will be Halloween night. Hollow weekend is next weekend. And um, the leaves are really starting to finally change all over the place here in the Northeast, at least. And let's enjoy every moment of it. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it, the holiday season. And then it's 2024. So let us make sure we make some moves, make good decisions, and end this year on a high note. I want to thank Nico Nocera and Bars the God for their contributions to the show today. I want to thank Dolo Ren, aka Dogs to Hastes for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what and being the very fan, the very best fan base any podcast can have. We love each and every single one of you. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I'll be seeing you tomorrow. Until then, you make sure you have a wonderful day, and don't forget to check in on your friends and family. All right, see you soon. Peace. All she needed was 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 some.